Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Keith Harmeyer. He is the founding partner at SmartStorming. Uh, his expertise is innovation. Uh, his website is smartstorming.com. Welcome to the show, Keith. Thank you, Jordan. It's great to be here. Let's just start with a little bit of your background and how you came to be, be the uh, the innovation czar, I guess you might say. <laughs> sure. Well, um, the the bulk of my career uh, prior to, to founding SmartStorming was spent uh, in New York City advertising agencies. So I worked for over 20 years at, a, at a, a number of agencies in New York City and on the creative side of the business. So, of course, advertising is the business of ideas, and my job uh, for all those years, every day was to come up with ideas to solve business problems for my clients, um, and uh, and that that led to a lot of. Uh, experience, uh, some of it uh, not particularly productive or, or pleasant in the area of idea generation and innovative thinking, creative problem solving. And uh, so as a result of all that, nine years ago, my business partner, Mitchell Riggi and I founded SmartStorming really to help organizations and teams and individuals do more effectively what we had to do all those years. And that was basically come up with ideas to make their businesses more innovative. So what does SmartStorming actually do? What kind of clients do you have? We, it really runs the gamut, obviously, because of uh, my, my partner is also an ex-advertising guy. So we, we obviously work with marketing companies, marketing teams quite a bit. That's a, that's a sweet spot for us. But it really runs the gamut. We've worked with companies like Google and Under Armour, Siemens, NBC Universal, um, any organization that, uh, and team within those organizations that needs to think more innovatively in, in their work can benefit from what we do. And what we do for them, really, uh, there's a range of things. We we, we we do training programs, obviously, so corporate training to teach people our methodology, teach people how to more effectively do uh, the, these types of tasks. We also facilitate. Clients will bring us in to help guide them through a business problem-solving process when they have uh, business issues to address. So uh, we do that on at events or at annual meetings or strategic sessions, that's, that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, consulting, obviously, coaching. And uh, also recently we started uh, doing assessments so that we can actually help uh, organizations uh, more accurately measure their innovative thinking and creative problem-solving uh, abilities uh, in order to, uh, you know, leverage those abilities more effectively and also address gaps where they might, uh, might exist. So it really kind of runs the gamut. You focus on what you call everyday innovating. What do you mean by that? Well, we believe that in order for an organization to be innovative, the people working within it have to be. No way a company can be innovative if, if the people working there aren't innovators, if they're not showing up and thinking and acting like innovators every day. But most people don't have a clue exactly what that is. So no matter what's being discussed in the C-suite, if the people sitting at the desks and in the trenches don't understand what it is to think and behave more innovatively in their work, then it's going to be very difficult to achieve innovation goals and objectives. So what we're really all about is demystifying this innovation concept. What does it really mean? And then helping people understand what, what they actually have to do every day when they show up at their desk uh, in order to think and act more like an innovative 
problem-solving genius. So we actually deliver those skills, the understanding, the, the techniques uh, that people really need to be more innovative every day. So it's really sort of a practical approach to innovation. What is the payoff for both an individual and a company if they are successfully innovative as opposed to not successfully innovative? That's a great question, and um, and I, I don't mean to sound glib, but the payoff is survival. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, we we have uh, we we my partner and I refer to this as the innovation imperative. We've come to a place in business today where innovation is really no longer an option. It's a requirement of doing business, and and I'll uh, to demonstrate that. Um, obviously, all the companies we talk about, right, the ones we all know about, we are, the ones we all sort of wish we could be more like, the Facebooks, the Googles, the Amazons, the, uh, the, the, the SpaceX, the Teslas of the world, are the ones that have been uh, identified as being the most innovative. Those are the companies we all talk about. Uh, the, the companies that fail to innovate... Uh, we talk about them too. We just usually talk about them in the past tense. <laughs> so we still talk about Blockbuster. We still talk about Kodak. We we talk a lot these days about Toys R Us. And and obviously the stories of those companies and how they got where they are 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 complex. But one of the key factors is they fail to remain relevant to the marketplace. And so today, if you fail to innovate you very quickly slip into irrelevance. And in today's world, irrelevance is pretty much the same thing as extinction. We already always say today in business, you have three options. You either innovate, you imitate, or you stagnate. You, you innovate, you continue to evolve and reinvent the value you deliver to your, to your customers, to your clients, or you imitate, you let somebody else do the innovating and then try desperately to play catch up, not a, not a fun way to do business, or you stagnate. You continue doing business as usual. You believe that what you did yesterday will be relevant tomorrow, and uh, we've already discussed where that leads. Now, um, it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking that innovation only applies to organizations and, and only applies to these big technology organizations, but nothing could be further from the truth because today, all of us individually, no matter what industry we work in, no matter what our job title is, we're all under continuous pressure to evolve, to reinvent the value we deliver, and, uh, and at the risk of becoming irrelevant. Um, this, this might sound a little harsh, and I apologize if it does, but we all know someone, or maybe, maybe that someone is us, who worked at a job for 10, 15, 20 years, did a great job, and one day woke up and no longer had a job. Now, lots of things can factor into that situation. I mean, maybe they worked at Toys R Us or Kodak, but one of the key reasons that happens is that the individual, him or herself, failed to evolve and was no longer able to deliver the value and the, the, the needs, meet the needs of their own organization. So we are all uh, in this position today where we have to think and act a little bit like Steve Jobs and Elon Musk. We, we have to continuously be looking for ways to improve. It's just simply a cost of doing business today. So that's true. On the other hand, a lot of people and organizations are very resistant to change. It's always worked this way before, and it's very difficult and time-consuming and slow to get either individuals or companies to kind of change their tune. So how do you get them from, it's always worked before, to want to try something completely different and innovative? 
Absolutely. Well, I, I think the first place you have to go is, is to help them understand and embrace the concept that I just talked about. We, we recently, my partner and I recently conducted a, a very large um, event for one of our clients, a technology company, and, uh, but not a, uh, not a technology company uh, where the, the people in the room, you would consider them to be innovative thinkers. In fact, we were working primarily with software engineers. These were people who sit at a, a desk all day and write code. Um, at the end of our session, where we facilitated and uh, taught them and, and, and trained them in our methodology, the CEO of the company got up and said, you know, we need to be doing this every day. Because if we don't disrupt our own company, someone else is going to disrupt it for us. So, so yes, change is tough. And the larger the, the organization, the more difficult it becomes. But clearly, organizations that embrace this and put processes uh, and techniques in place to help it happen uh, are the ones that are going to survive. And, and in fact, um, you know, we believe, uh, I believe, that, that innovation has to be part of the core mission. It has to be part of the mindset of the organization. Uh, I say all the time, you know, Apple is not a technology company that happens to be innovative. Uh, it's an innovation-focused company that happens to be in the technology space. Amazon is not an online retailer that happens to be innovative. It's an innovation-focused company that happens to be a retailer. And so those companies embrace this. How, how to make it more comfortable? It, it, there, are, there are lots of uh, people with big brains out there that put processes in place at, the, at an organizational and enterprise level to help make those things happen. Uh, concepts like rapid prototyping, being able to uh, test things and put them into test markets very, very quickly so that a, a, a lot of time and resources aren't wasted. Um, those, those types of processes. But once again, it all starts at the workstation. It all starts at the desk with people who are thinking and looking, to, looking forward every single day. How has the Internet changed innovation? I assume that innovations can spread more quickly and people can get ideas from around the world. How has being online changed the whole process of innovation? Well, of course, it's it's changed everything, and and you know, I, Jordan, I, I'm going to speak really a little bit more broadly to modern technology, to digital technology, because um, it's even broader than just the internet. So, technology has allowed two things to happen. First of all, it's allowed uh, rapid, continuous change to take place, right? So, so uh, technology has allowed businesses to do things so quickly um, and, so, and so efficiently, uh, it, much more so than they could in years past. So, so we have this ability now to continuously evolve and change. Um, at the same time, the Internet has put into the hands of consumers, every single one of us, virtually unlimited information. We have access, all we have to do is wiggle our finger and we can find out just about anything we need to know about anything. Now, in the past, we used to depend on our vendors, on the, on the companies we did business with to provide information to us, to, to make us knowledgeable and educate us about a product or a service. We don't need that anymore. We just need them to meet our needs and our demands. So the combination of those two things has created a, 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 a marketplace where the consumer basically holds all the cards. Uh, we, we can demand whatever we want. And we, we want uh, no one wants to compromise. We want it all. We want it fast. We want it lighter. We want it smaller. We want it cheaper. Uh, we want it today. We want, and, and, and next year, uh, we want something even better. Uh, so that's really what the Internet has done. I, we hear from clients all the time. One of the greatest struggles they have is 
communicating to their customers and their clients their value because the clients and customers no longer need them for education and, and information. Big, big challenge. So, uh, so it's a fickle marketplace today. Either, uh, either meet my demands and make me happy or someone else is going to do it. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Keith Harmeyer. He is the founding partner at smartstorming.com. He also has a book out called Smart Storming, The Game-Changing Process for Generating Bigger, Better Ideas. And you can find out more about him at smartstorming.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We've all been there. Struggling to keep up with credit card payments? Searching for a simpler, safer way out of debt? Well, here it is. Cambridge Credit Counseling is a nonprofit service that has been helping people reduce or eliminate their credit card debt for over 20 years. Most of us have made late payments and even gone over our credit limits. Before we know it, our balances are out of control and we can barely afford to make the minimum payments. If this sounds familiar and you're ready to take control of your debts, call Cambridge right away at 1-800-897-2200 for a debt-free analysis. Cambridge will work with your creditors and may be able to reduce your interest rates and get you out of debt fast. In fact, Cambridge's typical debt management clients save almost $150 every month on their credit card payments, and they're debt-free in just 50 months. So there is a simpler, safer way out of debt, and it all starts with Cambridge Credit Counseling. Call 1-800-897-2200 for your free debt analysis. Cambridge Credit Counseling is a Massachusetts-based nonprofit agency providing services nationwide. For complete licensing information, Visit them online at cambridge-credit.org. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Has your small business been turned down for a loan by the bank? Is lack of capital hindering your business growth? Small businesses unable to obtain bank financing or tired of merchant cash advances can now get the financing they need. Corporate Lending Solutions provides short and long-term capital, revolving lines of credit, and unsecured business loans. Does your business need help with payables, supplies, or payroll? Corporate Lending Solutions has powerful programs to help. While getting a small business loan can be a long, daunting process, with Corporate Lending Solutions, it's simple and takes only one to three days. Call 800-261-6478 or visit CorporateLendingSolutions.com to learn more. 800-261-6478. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Keith Harmeyer. He is the founding partner at smartstorming.com, also author of a book called Smart Storming, 
the game-changing process for generating bigger, better ideas. Welcome back to the show, Keith. Thank you, Jordan. So people are kind of think of innovator, innovation as something that they consume, you know, their products and services that they buy and use in their work and in their personal lives. But if they're not working in those kind of companies, how does innovation affect them or is it just something that they're consuming? Uh, a, a great uh, a great question, and I think most of us, um, if if we don't work at uh, at Google or Apple or Facebook, uh, think of innovation in those terms, right? Innovation is our uh, is our smartphone. Innovation is uh, is blockchain technology, cryptocurrency. Innovation is our is our smart TV. It's the things that we consume, but in but in fact, as I was saying earlier, uh, the the demand. Uh, for innovation really touches all of us. Um, I, I don't. I don't care what business you're in. If you're a if 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 you're a a, a dry cleaner, um, if you aren't continuously looking for ways to enhance the value that you deliver to your customers, another dry cleaner is going to do it. It's just a matter of time. That's the world we live in. Someone someone is going to take a new technology or a, a novel approach to customer service or or a novel approach to 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 the their their internal systems that's going to somehow enhance the value and 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 you if you don't do it you're going to lose out and so that's uh, that that's how innovation really touches all of us not just as consumers but as producers so some people would think that to be innovative you've got to be some kind of a genius you've got to be Albert <laughs> Einstein or Stephen Jobs or Elon Musk can you be a, a innovator without being a genius? Sure, and and uh, that's a that, that that really opens up a great deal of of the of the issues that we talk about and we address in our in our work. As I said, we're we're kind of committed to demystifying this concept, this uh, this sort of big, uh, daunting, overwhelming concept of innovation. Most people think that innovation means you have to introduce something that's going to change the world, something that's never been done before, but it's really much simpler than that. It, that's a uh, disruptive, revolutionary innovation. The things that we think about as, as innovation, is that's just one small type of innovation. Uh, in, in fact, it's, it's the smallest type. Uh, the most common type of innovation is what we refer to as incremental innovation, which is simply taking something that exists and then making it better. Um, so if you think about, let's, let's use the iPhone because it, it's, it's kind of a cliche example. Everybody talks about the iPhone. Smartphones have changed the way we live. That's absolutely true. Um, uh, so so that's a, that was a pretty significant form of innovation when it was first introduced. But since the first iPhone, what are we up to now? Uh, uh, 10, right? 10. I, I, don't know what, I don't know what happened to 9. We went from 8 to 10. They didn't, I'm not sure they what, didn't have a 9. There was no 9. <laughs> I, I know there was no 9. So, but but we're, we're now many generations away. And each successive generation of iPhone was simply an incremental improvement on the last. It was basically the same concept. It was the same product that got incrementally better. And that's innovation as well. So we always say, you know, innovation is really not that complicated. Yes, it's a, it's a little involved if you want to change the world or if you want to disrupt society or an, or an entire industry. But really, all you have to do is identify something that's not working or that isn't working as well as it could be and improve it. That's innovation, and if you do that, as long as you're delivering greater value by doing that, um, you are you are an innovator. People would say, in order to be innovation innovative, you have to be creative. So, what's the, about the what is the relationship between innovation and creativity? 
Ah, the creativity discussion. This is <laughs> this is always a fun one. So you know this whole this whole topic of creativity is a little bit dicey because people get people get very hung up about this, right? Um, only special talented people are creative. I'm not creative. Yeah, this is the most creative guy in our in our department. And and without a doubt, creativity and innovation are inextricably connected. They're joined at the hip. Uh, so uh, before before I explain that, let me say that the reason people get hung up about creativity is because they think, well, you know, I can't draw a simple stick figure. I can't write a line of poetry. You know, Sally over there can't sing happy birthday in tune, and she's not a very good dancer. So, you know, we mustn't be very creative. Only that strange guy down the hall that dresses in all black uh, is, is creative. But you see, the things that I just referenced uh, are really about artistic talent not creative thinking ability. Um, uh, and those are two very different things. Uh, artistic talent requires a certain skill set, certain craft, but the ability to think creatively is something that we can all do. All it really means is that we can come up with ideas. If we can come up with an idea or a concept or a thought about something that we've never thought of before, then we are creative in the sense that we need to be for business. So how are they related? Well, create creativity is the process that allows us to generate those ideas that can be turned into solutions. So when we need to uh, tackle a challenge, solve a problem, capitalize on an opportunity, we need ideas in order to do that. And it's the creative process that allows us to do that. Innovation is the process that takes those ideas and turns them into real-world realities, real-world solutions. So you can't have innovation without creativity. Um, and, and, uh, and, 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 you know, we always say ideas are the seeds of innovation. It takes a lot more, obviously, to innovate. But if you don't have those creative ideas to start off with, you have nothing. So creativity is the starting point of innovation. And so can creativity be taught, and is it being taught well in schools today? Yeah, this is interesting. Um, creativity can certainly be taught, and it is um, uh, research actually backs that up. And, and, and by the way, Jordan, you know, I, I want to say, don't, please, don't take my word for it that, uh, <laughs> that creativity is an important skill set today. Um, you may be aware of these, you might not, but a few years ago, IBM Business Services conducted a survey of uh, over 1,500 CEOs from around the world, 33 different industries, and they agreed that creativity was the number one skill necessary for success in business today. It outranked um, integrity. Uh, maybe that's not a surprise in business today, but it outranked integrity. It outranked global thinking. Uh, around the same time, Adobe did its own survey called the State of Create Survey. They surveyed 5,000 adults from the U.S., U.K., Germany, France, and Japan. And, um, and overwhelmingly, people uh, acknowledged that creativity was important and necessary for economic growth. But only one out of four people in that survey felt that they were... Uh, they were operating at their creative potential. So only one out of four people consider themselves uh, creative enough. So can it be taught? Well, absolutely. Um, and as I said, uh, research sort of supports that. A colleague of ours in the UK, a guy named David Walter, very, very smart, creative guy, um, explained it to me like this recently. And um, I love this analogy. He said that learning to be creative is a little bit like learning to drive a car. So, um, and, and so, you know, if to learn to drive a car, you need to know a little bit about the car, not a whole lot, 
but you need to know a little. You need to know how to open the door. You need to know, um, you know, how to turn it on, uh, how to put it into gear, uh, that sort of thing. You don't need to understand the intricacies of the internal combustion engine, but you have to have some basic knowledge of the car. You also need some skills. Uh, not a lot, but you need to learn how to turn that wheel in, in, in the most effective way, how to navigate a, uh, a curve. You need to know how to press the accelerator and the brake effectively, um, how to park, that, how to pass people, that sort of thing. So there's a certain, a certain number of skills you need. But mostly what you need is practice, right? So a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of skill, but a lot of practice. The more you do it, the better you get, the more it becomes second nature. And so the same applies to creativity. There are certain uh, fundamental concepts, uh, some knowledge that uh, you might need to have in order to be able to do it more effectively. There's some, there's some skills that you need to develop, some techniques that you can use to help facilitate it. But the thing that makes the people that we consider quote-unquote creative in businesses um, better than others is the fact that they do it. So anybody can do it, but you got to do it. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. And the more, uh, the more you practice it and, and develop your confidence, the more skilled you become at creativity. It's not only an individual activity, but it's a group activity. We're going to, after the break, get into your whole concept of smart storming. But you're saying there's more power in a group doing it than there is just an individual being creative on their own. Is that right? When it's when it's done properly, yes. When when it's done properly and with with a certain amount of skill and understanding, uh, it it as it ends up, two heads really are better than one. <laughs> so is that the whole concept of smart storming? Is that the idea? Uh, yes, yes. That's actually that that's actually ex uh, exactly what it is. It's a it's a process, a a a, a system, uh, and a and a body of knowledge that allows uh, individuals to take the, the guesswork and the chance out of the group problem-solving process or brainstorming. That's, and that's exactly what it is. And so what's the smart part of smart storming? Is, <laughs> is the way it's structured? Yes, well, it's actually, you know, uh, my partner Mitchell and I went back. When, uh, we started this about 10 years ago, this journey, and we did it at, a, at the request of a client who was complaining about his, his team's inability to brainstorm effectively. So we went back to the very beginning and started studying brainstorming since its origins in the, in the 1930s, which is when the process was really developed. And, um, and we identified three general areas that needed to be addressed. One was a structure. So we provide a structured process for people to follow. It's a six-step process uh, that begins with planning and ends with next steps and follow-through. And if you, if you follow the six steps, you're pretty much guaranteed to have uh, successful outcomes. The second area are leadership skills. There are specific leadership skills that are necessary to guide a group, inspire them, keep them on track, and manage the problems that can come up in brainstorming sessions. And then the last... Uh, area is techniques, um, specific problem-solving techniques that can help teams and individuals think in new and different ways. So if you, if you address those three things, and that's what we, we provide in SmartStorming, you're going to have better outcomes. We're going to get into that in more detail after the break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Keith Harmeyer. He's the founding partner at SmartStorming. Uh, his uh, website is smartstorming.com, and his book is called Smart Storming, The Game-Changing Process for Generating Bigger, Better Ideas. We'll be back after this.
stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Attention heroes, current and former firefighters, law enforcement, military, medical, or educational professionals. Heroes can receive rewards averaging over $2,500 when they buy, sell, or refinance a home. Heroes come first. Along with the Homes for Heroes is the nation's largest hero reward program. Their mission is to provide extraordinary savings to heroes who provide extraordinary services to our nation and its communities every day. Learn how you you can purchase a home for no down payment, no closing costs, and get money back at closing. Find out how you can own for less than you may pay for rent. Get your hero rewards at heroescomefirst.com. That's heroes, H-E-R-O-E-S, comefirst.com, 888-437-6114. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Keith Harmeyer. He is the founding partner at SmartStorming. Uh, He's got a book out called Smart Storming, The Game-Changing Process for Generating Bigger, Better Ideas, and his website is smartstorming.com. Welcome back to the show, Keith. Thank you, Jordan. Good to be here. So you're talking about various techniques to uh, get kind of the the creative juices flowing, and one of them I think you're actually going to try out on the audience here, which is what you call idea sprinting. So just kind of give a sense of how that might work and kind of give an exercise of how people might try it for themselves. Absolutely. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this. I think it's probably something a little bit different than your audience might be used to, but we're going to have this little interactive element, and it is something that can absolutely work in, in exactly this type of environment. So um, when I talk about these techniques, they're actually they're kind of activities that, uh, that, again, as I said earlier, help individuals or groups think in new and different ways. So um, uh, some of the some of the ones that are that are better known. If someone has ever done a SWOT analysis, where you identify strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, that's that's really a problem-solving technique. Um, there are there are uh, things like mind mapping, which is a visual technique that some people may be familiar with. Um, that's 
that's an example of a problem-solving technique. So we're going to actually try right here uh, okay. on air, live, to do something called idea sprinting. So idea sprinting is a fast-paced, beat-the-clock technique. We use this in just about every session. We certainly teach it in all of our training programs, and we use it in just about every session we facilitate. And the, the whole purpose of this technique is to help you get a lot of ideas on the table very, very quickly and to help you get out of your own way so that, because it's, it's got to be very spontaneous, it's fast, uh, there's no time for self-judgment, self-criticism, analysis. We just want to get ideas down and then move on. So um, let's try this. I'm going to uh, okay. ask the audience to get a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil, or if they prefer to type, get ready, open up their word processor or their, their notes application. And I'm going to ask a question uh, related to business, and then I'm going to challenge the audience to try to come up with five or more ideas or solutions, five or more in just 60 seconds, right? Five okay. ideas or more in 60 seconds. Now, that's obviously pretty fast. So there's no time to think about it or judge. That's not the point. Be spontaneous, write down whatever comes to mind, and then move on to the next idea. So I've got a timer uh, all ready to go here. And this is exactly the kind of thing we do in our session. So I've got a timer set for 60 seconds. I'm going to ask the question, and then I'll uh, announce go. So here's the question. <clears throat> in what areas of my business can I make innovative improvements to to deliver greater value to my customers, clients, or my own organization. What areas of my business can I make innovative improvements to deliver greater value to my customers, clients, or my own organization? Five or more ideas. Time begins now. So what's the first and most obvious thing that comes to mind? Just write that down. The first and most obvious thing. Now, what's, what's something you've always wanted to change but thought you couldn't? What have you heard other people grumbling or complaining about, either internally or externally? What's something that you've heard complaints about? What would make your life easier if you could change it right away? What would thrill your customers or your clients? What's something you already do really well, but you think you might be able to do it even better? What does your competition do better than you do? What's something you'd be embarrassed to admit to others? <laughs> <laughs> What's one more idea that you haven't thought of yet? Just one more. And time is up. So that was right. 60 seconds. Now, obviously, we, we, can't get, uh, we can't get feedback from the audience directly. No. <laughs> but, I, but I would tell you, based on experience, that the vast majority of the folks who, in the audience who, who did this, who actually participated, came up with at least five ideas. Because when you challenge yourself to come up with a, particular, a specific number, you're going to do whatever it takes to do it. That's just human nature. Uh, so this technique with a group, sometimes we'll do it for five minutes and come up with 40 or 50 idea starters. Now, these are obviously not fully developed, fleshed out ideas, but they're, they're a place to begin the conversation. And think about how many times you've sat in a room with others and worked for an hour and walked out with one or two ideas. So in just a few minutes, you can get so many things on the table as starting points for developing new solutions. So how sense? do you, if, with all those possibilities, how do you know which to start with or what idea has the most promise? That's, a, that's a, an outstanding question. So, um, first of all, 
one of the key principles of effective brainstorming and problem solving is to generate lots of ideas. So it, it might seem kind of counterintuitive. We typically set out to solve a problem and we want to come up with good ideas. That's all we want to do. That's really not the, the ideal approach. The, the, uh, um, Linus Pauling, the famous medical researcher, said the way to get a good idea is come up with lots of ideas and then throw away the bad ones, right? So we want to come up with, a, with as many ideas as we possibly can. In a well-organized, well-planned, and well-facilitated smart storming session, a group of people can literally come up with dozens and sometimes hundreds of ideas to solve a problem. Uh, and that's not an overstatement. So yes, how do you how do you s separate the wheat from the chaff? Um, because the the idea uh, selection and evaluation process uh, can be just as dysfunctional and and challenging as the idea generation process, right? So part of what we teach in our programs and and is included in our book is a way to add a, la a layer of objectivity to the idea evaluation process. So once we have a lot of ideas, how do we know what is a good idea? The way you do that. Before you begin generating ideas, you, you, you develop a list of criteria. What does a good idea look like? What does a winning idea look like? Uh, so based on the challenge that we're trying to tackle, we're trying to develop a new product, uh, for example, what is that great idea going to look like? What are the five or six qualities that idea uh, is going to have that is going to make it look good? So we, what we uh, recommend to people, what we teach, is that before you begin generating ideas, look forward. Do a little future gazing and figure out what an ideal solution would look like. Uh, write down those ideas. And then later, when you have a bunch of ideas to deal with, you evaluate your ideas against those criteria. Now, nothing's foolproof here, obviously. But what that does is gives you at least a... a a yardstick, a litmus test, if you will, for what ideas you might want to consider and carry forward. And so typically what happens is you end up with a, with a longer list. By evaluating them in this way, you can cut that down to a short list, and then you really begin to dig deeper and figure out which ones are the most practical and hold the most promise. Now, when you say you, now you, you break a group into different uh, um, roles, I guess you might say. The pilot is the one who's kind of leading the, the process, and then you've got other people doing mm -hmm. various roles. When you say you decide, is that the pilot, or is it done by a, a group consensus as to which ideas to go for, further forward with? Absolutely. So it really depends on the situation and, and, and what the needs uh, are of the, of the organization or the team. Uh, it varies pretty, pretty, uh, pretty greatly. So yeah, in, in, in our process, we identify three roles. Uh, we call the leader a pilot. Um, I won't get in, into too much detail, but just it's a, it's a, it's a conceptual difference, right? A pilot guides a, guides a, a group. It, it deals with turbulence. It keeps them on track and on course as opposed to just a leader, which has a different connotation. Um, the second role um, is what we call a reporter. Uh, sometimes that's called a scribe, and that's somebody to record the ideas as they're generated, not uh, that, that should not be the pilot. The pilot's role is to stay focused on the team, focused on the process, and make sure it runs uh, smoothly. The, the scribe or the reporter is to write them down. And then, of course, the participants, the smart stormers, as we refer to them, are the people in the room that are generating um, ideas. As, in terms of idea selection, um, in some cases, the team that is generating the ideas will do that. Uh, sometimes there will be a separate group 
Uh, it might be a subgroup of the original group of decision makers or stakeholders that are going to make that decision. And in some cases, as you say, if the if the uh, the pilot is really the key stakeholder in whatever the the activity is that's being addressed, then the pilot may be the one that makes that decision. But um, but it's always good to have more points of view involved, uh, if possible, because you know it's human nature that we tend to like the ideas we like. Um, they're not always the best ideas just because we have heart for them. So it's sometimes good to have different perspectives uh, uh, looking at the ideas and judging which ones are best. Now, some people may judge ideas based on the person who's giving it and people <laughs> with higher uh, grades or, I mean, higher authority in a company, their ideas are going to get more weight than somebody more lowly or maybe an intern or somebody starting out. Is there a way to uh, not weight them based on you know, the authority of the person giving the idea? <laughs> there are a number of things. So these are the types of leadership skills, by the way, that I mentioned that we, that we teach in SmartStorming. How do you deal with these types of issues? And, and look, at the end of the day, um, it, in the real world, uh, the, the person in charge uh, has, has the right to do what they're going to do. Um, but, but we have a number of things. First of all, we recommend that, that uh, SmartStorming pilots, that groups establish a list of rules that they're all going to agree to abide by during the session. Um, and this is, this is something that most brainstorm uh, problem-solving experts uh, agree with. We, we have some rules of participation, kind of like Robert's rules of orders, right? We, we, uh, rules of order. We want to have a certain agreement of how we're going to participate. One of the key rules that we recommend is the boss speaks last. So, so that's yeah. the first thing we want to do, right? Is that is that whoever is in charge in the room, let everybody else weigh in, let them share, let them contribute. Because believe me, and and this has nothing to do with the boss and their intentions uh, with the person in charge. But as soon as they express a preference for something, half the people in the room are going to love it, right? Because they, they because just fall they, in line right away. Of yeah. course, they just they want to please the person in charge. So that's the first thing. There are also certain techniques that we that we use, uh, for instance techniques that involve writing the ideas out as opposed to speaking them out loud that allow a little bit more of a level playing field. So if we, we, we have several techniques that are where... If you don't when, know where when, they're coming from, they're judged on the idea and not who it's coming from. Exactly. So you make it a little bit more anonymous and share those ideas and then the group can sort of weigh in. So there are, there are ways around that uh, when you do have... A, a lot of times, you know, in, in, in our world, in the advertising world, we were often in sessions with our clients. Now that's a sticky situation, right? Because, uh, you know, the client uh, uh, has privilege of, uh, to do whatever they want to do. So these types of of anonymous writing techniques allow there to be a level playing field and a little bit more of, a, of an honest, open discussion. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Keith Harmeyer. He is the founding partner at SmartStorming. Uh, his book we've been referring to is called SmartStorming, The Game-Changing Process for Generating Bigger, Better Ideas. And his website is smartstorming.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Looking for an investment option? Consider Secured Real Estate Income Strategies. Secured Real Estate Income Strategies is a real estate-backed option offering investments with a monthly income objective. 
The goal of the strategy is to lend money to real estate developers. SREIS offers an 8% preferred return per annum, plus a share in any profits. While there is risk, including loss of capital, and you should carefully read the offering circular for full details, Secured Real Estate Income Strategy screens each real estate loan carefully. Call 888-444-2102 or visit securedrealestatefunds.com to learn more. 888-444-2102. Jordan Goodman is an advisor to and part owner in Secured Real Estate Income Strategies. This does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities. Securities offered through North Capital Private Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Keith Harmeyer, founding partner at SmartStorming. His book is called SmartStorming, The Game-Changing Process for Generating Bigger, Better Ideas. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, your website is smartstorming.com. Just briefly tell people what are some of the things they can find there. Well, absolutely. Well, first of all, um, our blog is there, and and we have uh, a lot of interesting articles and posts that we've that we've posted over the years about uh, various topics, um, uh, techniques uh, that we use, uh, issues like there's no such thing as a bad idea, which is one of the most controversial things that we teach in our in our at our programs, and and you know what those types of things actually mean. So I think there's some good information there. We've uh, this year we've launched a video series, uh, which is uh, also obviously on YouTube, but we we post uh, those videos there on the blog as well, which I think are are a lot of fun uh, and informative. Um, obviously, there's the uh, there's uh, uh, information about what we do, about the the type of work we do, and it really falls into a, a few different categories. As I said, training programs facilitation, consulting, uh, and of course the assessments that we've recently added, which we're very excited about because it adds a, a, a layer of, of, of objective analysis to our work um, that really wasn't there previ- previously. So, uh, you know, information on all those sorts of things and, and really uh, just our, our viewpoint, our, our approach, uh, testimonials from some of our top clients. So um, there's, there's some things there. But I think the most important thing is the, is the opportunity to contact us if people have questions. We're always happy to answer questions or, or, or give more information about what we do. 
Do you work only with companies or you do work with individuals who want to be more innovative themselves? We have, uh, to date in our business, we've, we've only done a couple of public uh, seminars or, or workshops. Uh, we primarily work with organizations. So, uh, so our, our clients tend to be corporate, um, and they bring us in either for on-site training or for events. So we, you know, I, I deliver keynotes on this topic. Uh, you, you know that, Jordan. I'm a, I'm a speaker, yeah. so I deliver keynotes on innovative thinking, creative problem solving. So, uh, and we also do, uh, do wor- uh, activities or sessions, wor- you know, uh, of that type at events. So, it, you know, a, a sales conference or an annual meeting, that, that type of thing. So, uh, but, but yeah, our, our clients tend to be corporate clients. The last part of your book is how, once you've got all these ideas and you've winnowed down to what you think are the best ones, how to take them from the idea stage into reality and actually roll them out. So what are some of the key uh, processes to convert ideas into reality? You know, that's, that is such a good question. And um, so the sixth step in the smart storming six step six step process is next steps and follow through, right? So, um, and actually Mitchell and I, uh, debated this uh, together for 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 uh, when we were developing smart storming whether this was really part of the brainstorming and idea generation process did 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 next steps really have to be part of that or was that really the beginning of a new process and we did we ultimately decided that it was um, critical to include at least something about this. Now, project management um, is, is a whole different topic, and there are people who are doing outstanding work in this area about making sure that ideas actually come to life. But we think that it's sort of contingent on the the, the brainstorm leader, the, the team leader, and on the team to do whatever they can to make sure their ideas move forward. Because uh, it's, it's, it's only respectful to themselves, to their ideas, to their work, to do what they can to bring them to life. So, so we do include, uh, include that. And the most important thing, we believe, is to make sure that next steps are identified and agreed to before you leave the room. That's the key phrase that we always say when it comes to the implementation process. Establish next steps before you walk out of the room. Because when somebody says, all right, let me think about this and I'll get to you, get back to you next Tuesday. Well, next Tuesday very easily turns into next Friday. And then next Friday turns into the following Friday. And then often the communication stops altogether. Because, you know, life goes on. Other things happen. You lose Other, the momentum is what you're abs- saying. Absolutely. We said there's a, there is a, a, a direct um, relationship between the passage of time and the loss of momentum and interest in an idea. So while you're in the room and... We've come up with a solution. We've come up with an interesting idea. Enthusiasm is high. Strike while the iron is hot. So what do you do? You, um, but, and by the way, this is part, uh, ironically, this is part of the planning process. So if we go back all the way to step one, one of the things you want to do before you ever hold your session is decide ahead of time what next steps will have to take place before before you ever conduct the session. So before you leave the room, you identify next steps, you assign roles and responsibilities, you get agreement from the people in the room, and, and then you, you uh, determine um, what accountability is going to be, right? So um, I need this by next Tuesday. Um, Sally's going to do it. I need this by next Wednesday. Wednesday. Tom is going to do it. Sally and Tom, you both agree with that. Yes, yes. Okay, great. Um, you're going gonna, gonna to check in with me tomorrow just to give me an update. So establish those things before you leave the room, and there's a dramatically better chance that you're actually going to get it done. 
So taking a broad look at all that we've talked about for the last hour or so, what kind of a difference will it make in a company and in their employees' lives to do the smart storming and implement these things compared to a company that really doesn't kind of stays with their old old way of doing things? Uh, well, thank you for asking that question, Jordan, because it's something that we, we get very excited about. Um, you know, it's very hard to to tie a dollar and cents amount to what we do because this is this is a this is a process that's in the development stage um, so uh, lots has to happen before we actually see an impact on the bottom line but I will tell you that we have uh, one of our longest term clients uh, uh, has says all the time that they accomplish more in one meeting now than they used to accomplish in four so um, so let's just let's cut that uh, in half and say that you can cut your meeting time by 50%. And by the way, these these uh, techniques and processes that we talk about apply to all types of meetings, not just quote-unquote brainstorms. So um, meetings dysfunction is a huge problem in business today. Um, every client that we talk to has this problem. So if you could realistically expect to cut your meeting time in half, uh, time and frequency, that would be tremendous. Um, that same client says that the quality and quantity of the solutions that they're able to generate are far greater than they were before. And we know that because we're often in the room while it's happening. So, so not only are you saving time, but the quality of the work is improving. The other things that happen is um, when, when meetings are run this way, uh, brainstorming session meetings often lead to dissatisfaction and frustration for the people in the room. So collaboration and team satisfaction and work satisfaction uh, increases. So they're just all sorts of benefits to this. I, yeah, I could go on longer, but I know we're, we're, we're about to run out of time. But there are just a lot of practical benefits to these things operating smoothly and efficiently and productively. So what difference have you made in the lives of the employees who've done brainstorming for, for you that would, would not have happened had you not worked with them? Well, um, I, I'll start at the most basic level. One of the things we hear back from the people that we train is that they get to go home earlier at the end of the day. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> might, that might not seem like a monumental thing to the organization, but to the individual, that's huge. Um, uh, the, the other thing is uh, less turnover, uh, in, in, less client and customer turnover. Uh, clients and customers today are demanding more innovative thinking, and the, when you can deliver that, they're happier. So turnover, uh, uh, we, our clients say they win more new business and more new accounts, and they retain those businesses, uh, that business longer. And we've actually, we actually have folks out there that we've trained who come back to us and credit us with helping them succeed in their careers. As a young woman that I'm thinking of specifically, uh, who is in the, the uh, uh, media uh, field, uh, who is a real rising star, and she credits um, our training and, and her smart storming skills with helping her get where she is. So it's really gratifying when we hear people Fantastic. report back those kinds of things. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Keith Harmeyer. He's the founding partner at Smart Storming. You can find out more about him at his website, smartstorming.com, or you can also see his book, Smart Storming, The Game-Changing Process for Generating Bigger and Better Ideas. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Keith. Jordan, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.